We're in the summer series of Gospel Repentance Ministries. I'm Brother Dale, your host. Thank you for tuning in. And once again, our theme for this summer is Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you once again for your uh, tuning in. And what I want to talk about in this podcast episode is the idea of hypocrisy. And in particular, are Christians hypocrites? And of course, the unbelieving, unregenerate world would say a resounding yes. Matter of fact, they would have a victory parade over that because uh, a lot of them hate Christians. They hate the word of God. They hate Jesus Christ. And they hate everything that is concerned with God and the church. So they would say yes, they're hypocrites. And they use that as a crutch to never step uh, foot inside of a church because, hey, everybody in there is a hypocrite. And of course, they don't know the people that are in there, but they have, they have deemed that if one or two Christians or, or two people or a couple of people that profess to be Christians act in a hypocritical way, they have now stereotyped the entire church as being hypocrites. And of course, that is untrue and unfair. Not everybody in the church is a hypocrite uh, or living a hypocritical life. Now, we all have done things that are hypocritical where we have said and done things that we should not have done, where we said we was going to do something and we didn't do it, or we profess to live a certain way and we're living opposite of that which we have professed. That is indeed a hypocrite. And of course, there were hypocrites in the Bible. Jesus made reference to hypocrites in Matthew chapter 6 and in Matthew chapter 23. At your leisure, I would invite you to read both of those chapters. In particular, in, in Matthew 23, he gives a blistering rebuke of the religious leaders, you know, you know, those that were the nobility of his day. So, and he talked about their hypocrisy. And he, at the end of his diatribe against them, he said, he says, you uh, brood of vipers. He says, how can you escape the damnation of hell because of their gross hypocrisy? So why do we act hypocritically? Uh, the first reason I would say, and the most, I think, profound is because we're still sinners. Even though we as Christians have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us, we still commit sin. And because of our sinfulness, we do things and say things that we ought not say. And we don't do things and say things that we should say. Once again, I mean, this is going back to my uh, episode podcast regarding sins of omission and commission if you remember that if you recall that uh, discussion where I said we commit sin by doing the things that we're not supposed to do and we and we and we omit the things that we're supposed to do and that is also sin so we we commit sin by commission and we uh, sin by omission and that is that is a duplicitous and a two-faced and a hypocritical type of life. Well, one of the things that I want to do real quick is also define the word hypocrite, which is the Greek trans 
alliteration of the hypocrite, rather, is the English word for the Greek uh, hypocritus, I believe, is the way that it's pronounced in the Greek. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but that is how it looks uh, phonetically, at least. So, and it means, it has several meanings. One of the, me- one of the meanings is to be a diviner and an interpreter of dreams, which I would imagine is a more ancient meaning. So um, a diviner would be someone like we would call today a psychic or a gypsy or a clairvoyant, someone who supposedly could see into the future and predict what's gonna happen to your life uh, before it actually takes place. If someone can do that, then most likely they have tapped into some type of demonic power, some type of demonic force, and you should avoid that. No Christian should be involved in dealing with what the Bible calls familiar spirits. Very, very dangerous. Do not engage in that at all. You don't need to know what's going to happen in your future. That's none of your business. So also uh, in uh, Greek culture, one who was on a stage and wore a mask impersonating someone was also called a hypocrite. And of course, that is closer to the uh, current and contemporaneous meaning of hypocrite. And when we say hypocrite, it's always negative. It's never positive. And a hypocrite today would be someone who is a fake, a fraud, a pretender, one who operates uh, in pretext, someone who is uh, impersonating something or someone they are not. And that is what we call a hypocrite today. So in the evangelical community, a person who is considered a hypocrite is one who professes to be a Christian who is supposed to be living a sanctified life, in other words, living a life that is above reproach and living a life that's holy, excuse me, and yet when they're outside of the church walls, they're going to wild parties, they're involved in all types of um, decadent behavior, they are um, using all types of uh, profane language, they're maybe, um, they have a gambling problem, they're an alcoholic, they are doing everything that an unsaved person does every day of the week. And so when they're exposed for their, um, their duplicitous living or their two-faced living, then that is obviously an automatic turnoff to those who are outside of the church who may be considering the Christian faith. But when they see maybe too many people behave in a way that is ungodly, and that is disgraceful, then that causes them to run away from the church. And what will probably happen, and what I know has already happened amongst many people who have considered the Christian faith, they have gone on to other religions and other cults that do not save or cannot um, cause a person to be um, born again. So they'll turn to uh, Buddhism, they'll turn to Hinduism, they'll turn to uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, or they'll go to uh, J-Dubs or the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in the Kingdom Hall, and they will go to other organizations, Christian Science and Scientology and Zoroastrianism, and or they become an atheist. They do not believe in God at all, which means they have now uh, determined, or you have determined that you are now a fool, because the Bible says, in Psalm 14, 1, and in Psalm 53, 1, 
the fool has said in his heart there is no God so if you are an atheist the Bible calls you a fool and so because of the hypocrisy of so many Christians particularly several several of our Christian leaders this has done tremendous damage to the reputation of the true Church of Jesus Christ and as a result of the sins of a few the outside world has now stereotyped and have determined that all Christians or people who profess to be Christians are indeed frauds they're fakes and they um, cannot be trusted and they should not be uh, taken seriously so that means the Bible gets a kick in the head Jesus is despised because the only Jesus a lot of the unworld the unsaved world will see is those whom are in their sphere of influence who are claiming to be Christians who are claiming to love God who are claiming to follow Jesus Christ so we have a, a tremendous responsibility to act uh, the right way in other words to practice what we preach to to be students of the word but also to be uh, appliers of God's word I mean we need to be a walking billboard for Jesus Christ we need to be a holy example of what it means to be a Christian to what it means to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ that's why we have been chosen to be born again in the first place so that we can be conformed into the image of the one who saved us so my appeal to all of us you know including myself is that we have to watch our steps we have to watch our tongues and we have to watch our conduct because the outside world is looking at us they need answers and some of them are looking for answers in the Christian faith and if we're not living the way that we're supposed to be living then they're gonna look for answers in the wrong places and they may find comfort in the um, the Buddhist religion or the Hindu religion or in uh, Christian science or in Jehovah's Witnesses they may find what they believe are the answers to their questions they may find the solace that they're looking for unfortunately it's the wrong road it is the wrong road you're not gonna find true salvation if you are a latter-day saint you're not gonna find true salvation if you're a Jehovah's Witness you're not gonna find true salvation if you're a Hindu or um, a Muslim or a um, or if you're into Zoroastrianism or if you're into Scientology or if you're into Christian science all those are false religions and cults that will automatically send a person to eternal destruction so uh, but in defense of the Christian it's important that I say this when we become saved and I hope you guys are listening very carefully the uh, power of sin has been broken the penalty of sin has been removed praise God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he shed his blood on Calvary for our sins but here is the uh, here's the kicker the presence of sin is still with us I hope you understand that let me say that again the power of sin has been broken the penalty of sin has been removed but the presence of sin still remains with us until we are glorified in our body that is the um, final installment of our salvation we have not received that yet for it is yet 
future. So because of the presence of sin, we're still struggling with it. There's an ongoing battle between our spirit and our flesh. As a matter of fact, if you read in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. These two are opposed to one another so that you cannot do the things that you wish to do. We are in a battle with ourselves and so it is important that we as Christians understand that and so that we can convey that to people who are considering the Christian faith or who are young in the faith, who are babes in Christ or for those who will uh, malign us and attack us and say, I thought you were a Christian. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you did that. And so we make ourselves uh, look very bad in the eyes of those whom we're trying to reach. Here's a passage of scripture that describes what I'm talking about when it talks about we as believers fall in front of the, uh, the unsaved. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 26. It says, A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. And what that simply means is that the once proud child of God has been made low because of their hypocrisy. In other words, the light that we're supposed to be shining becomes dim or dark. And we look no better than those whom we're trying to reach for the gospel's sake. So, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm speaking to myself included, let's clean up our act. Let's tread a lot more carefully. Let's think about what we do before we do it. I'm not saying that we walk on eggshells. I'm not saying that we have to live a life of um, trepidation. We're free in Christ. We're going to make mistakes, but if we genuinely are spirit-filled people, we're going to run to God, beg for his mercy, ask for forgiveness so that we can be cleaned up, determine within ourselves not to commit those sins again and keep moving forward. We have the power and the ability to do it. It's not easy. It's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would do it, but, but it's hard and we oftentimes want to give up. We oftentimes want to throw up our hands and says, this is not worth it. I'm tired of this Christian life. We can't do that. We have to keep moving. We have to keep trusting in God. We have to keep surrounding ourselves with people who can undergird us in prayer and in, and, and in intercession and, and, and just fellowshipping with those of like precious faith so that we can continue to be strengthened and fortified in our faith. And we have to stay in the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't, you're starving yourself. That's what I said in the beginning. That's why the theme here is uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone. We need soul food and we need it every day. We should be plowing ourselves. We should be saturating ourselves with God's word, especially with the electronic devices that we have. I mean, you can have the word of God going on all the day, all time in your ears because remember faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and we need to remove all these ridiculous you know distractions that we have we have too much going on in our heads and that's why we can't center or focus on God's word that should be predominant in our lives it works ladies and gentlemen if we commit ourselves to God he will commit himself 
to us. We need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. And to those of you who are unbelievers that are calling uh, us hypocrites, um, I also have to um, say that you guys also often play the hypocrite too. And what do I mean by that? There are people out there that will only attend a church or worship service on Easter and Christmas. That's the only time that they'll go to church because they do it out of, out of tradition. They don't do it because they love the Lord. They don't do it because uh, it's the right thing to do. They do it because they figure it's what they always done. They do it out of tradition. It's mechanical. It's methodical, but there's no heart in it. So they, they find their Sunday best, their best hat, their best suit, their best shoes. They get their children all gussied up and they go into the house of God and sit down like they're doing God a favor. That is, that is hypocrisy to me of the highest order because you're doing it, but your heart is not in it. So the only time that you have time to um, seek God is on Easter and Christmas. Is that the best that you can do? You might as well stay at home because that's hypocrisy. And God sees right through that hypocrisy. Those are the times when the church is the fullest or when a natural uh, disaster happens like just happened a few days ago with Hurricane Harvey. That's when the churches are filled up to capacity because people want to get closer to God. They, they're, they're in fear. They uh, know that they haven't been living right and they figure that if I don't clean up my act and go to church, then something worse is going to happen to me. So you go to church as a form of a panacea like a band-aid to go to so that you can feel a little bit better about yourself because you know you're not living right. So that is hypocrisy as well. And that is, to me, it's a loving, but it's a firm indictment against those of you who do hate the church and that you are unbelieving and that you don't want anything to do with the church. So my thing is if you're going to attend any church, do it because you see the need for it, that you, that you need to repent and so that you don't perish and that you don't die in sin and that you don't spend eternity in hell. So, uh, yes, unfortunately, we as Christians do live hypocritically from time to time. And as a review, cr true Christians do not live a life of hypocrisy. We do things wrong. We mess up. And sometimes we mess up royally. We screw up real bad. I, I'll be the first to admit that. But it is not a way of life. It is not something that we practice. We practice living holy. We practice living sanctified. We practice um, endeavoring to conform into the image of Jesus Christ, but not practicing to be a hypocrite. For a person who is professing to be a Christian, but is practically and committing to living a life of ungodliness is not a Christian. They're just a Christian in name, but they're not a Christian indeed. You need to understand the difference. That's like a person, that's like a father who is a biological father, but he's non-custodial. He's a deadbeat father because he's not raising his children, but he's letting another man raise his children. The father, the person that's raising the child is the father indeed. The biological father is the is just a non he's a non-custodial father. But he's biological, but he's doing nothing else. 
And that's the same thing with a person who is professing to be a Christian. They are nominal. They're a Christian in name only, but they're not a Christian indeed. And a Christian who is only a Christian by lip service is most likely not a Christian at all. And that person is a hypocrite. So you have two types of hypocrites. You have people that are professing to be Christians that are not. They're the ultimate hypocrite. And then those who are atheists or those who uh, do not believe in God or those who simply don't regard the things of God that go to church on a um, pretentious basis, that is also a hypocrite. So we all have things that we need to clean up in our lives. So that is all I wanted to say, say in regards to the matter of hypocrisy. I could have said more and I may say more in a different uh, podcast, but that's all I wanted to say on this particular podcast. So God bless you for listening. And uh, for those of you, once again, that are in Southern Cal, it's still hot. Stay hydrated, and I'll talk to you soon.